Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. This is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is June the 3rd, 2014, and I'm glad that you're tuning in to another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha. I hope everyone has had a blessed and prosperous day so far. I know that you're probably just getting started. But on the line with me is a wonderful guest. She's an author. She has written so many publications. Um, and here with me is Diane Williams. You would you would just find her so fulfilling today. And if you feel like calling in, please do so at three four seven four two six three seven five one. Um, Diane is the author of Angels in Action: It's Seventeen Stories to Inspire, and it's, it's an inspirational book. It's full of spiritual lessons and devotional reflections. But what we'll be talking about as well, we'll be talking about overcoming your adversity by accessing your assets today. And as I said, if you want any further information, if you want to just ask Diane any questions, you could do so at 347-426-3751. Diane, how are you today? Uh, Good morning, and thank you so much for having me on with your listeners this morning. I am doing well. I'm glad that you were able to come on today. And I'm glad to get started on this wonderful topic, overcoming your adversity. It sounds so wonderful because we all have we all have issues and we have little trials and tribulations that stop us every now and then. But before we get into that diet, can you give can you tell us more about yourself? Where you were born? I was born in uh, North Carolina, and then I was raised in New York City. And uh, then when I became an adult, I moved to. California, where I am now, and oh. uh, mhm. Okay, so so you actually are a Southern baby. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know a lot about the the South because I um we moved at a very when I was very young at three years old. Oh, okay. Now me, I'm born but, and raised right here in Atlanta, Georgia, so I'm a true Georgia peach. Okay. <laughs> I know most people find it rare because so many people from everywhere else, so you seven to five people who are actually from Georgia. But, Diane, what or who inspired you to start writing? Uh, my mom inspired me to start writing. At a very young age, um, I, I talked a lot. And uh, she said, nobody want to hear all that talking. You have so much to say. <laughs> Write it down. And write, um, she gave me a pad and a pencil. She said, write all that stuff down and, one day, and put it into a book or something. And if people are interested, they'll read it. That's how she inspired me. 
Oh, well, see, now that's a good thing. First time ever actually hearing somebody say their mom actually inspired them. You know, most of the time it would be a teacher or, or a best friend, but that's good that your mom actually inspired you. I think I would have to say my teachers probably inspired me the most. Besides my mother always saying I used to talk a lot because I do. So that's why I kind of wanted to get into communications because they always say, oh, you talk so much. I said, well, maybe one day I'll become a news reporter, and I'm still waiting on that day, but who knows. Um, so, Diane, when did you first consider yourself a writer? I considered myself a writer when I got paid for my first article. Then I knew I was a professional article, a professional writer. I know that's right. Look, you saw the first paycheck. So what's the best part about being a writer? The best part for me is writing gives me freedom. I feel like I'm in charge. I'm in control. I can say what I want, and I can say it how I want, you know, as long as I follow certain rules of writing. And um, it gives me and you can just write what you're feeling. If you want to be creative, you can. And if you want to be, um, you know, you can also write nonfiction, which I write a lot of nonfiction. You can. And uh, nonfiction is my favorite thing to write about. I like to read about people's lives, and I like to um, write about my own life, as I did in Angels in Action. These stories are about my own life and each little situation when I had adversity that I had to overcome or a problem to solve. Right. Now, Diane, when it, how much of yourself really goes into your book? All of myself goes into my book. Each yeah. and every story is about me. Um, and each and every story tells the problem solver, which is the same problem solver, no matter what problem or adversity I was going through. That undeniable spirit that is within all of us, and that's what um, helped me to overcome each and every situation that I was faced with. Right. Now, when it comes when it comes to writing, where does all the inspiration come from, Diane? Do you get any inspiration from just reading other people? autobiographies or the movies? Um, I do get inspiration from uh, other people. I like, I, I, I do look at a lot of successful people. Like, for instance, I love basketball, and my favorite basketball player is uh, Kevin Garnett. And I watch him because Kevin Garnett had to come overcome some adversity in order to be the superstar that he became in the NBA. And I like to see how people overcome their adversity. Like, he was dropped out of high school and went straight. I mean, he went from high school to college. He didn't drop out of high school, excuse me. He went straight from high school to basketball. He skipped college because... He couldn't get into college. Academics was not his strength. Basketball was his strength. But the NBA did not want a youngster coming out of high school to go directly into the NBA because of their maturity level. But um, Kevin Garnett was so good that he found someone that was spoke for him 
told about his goodness, you know, with the athleticism, and they allowed him to get into the NBA. And when he got in there, he got that opportunity. He played hard. He worked hard, harder than anybody else, and he became the superstar. And those kind of what I call my, quote, heroes inspire me. And the same with looking at President Barack Obama, who would ever thought he would become president? Who would ever thought? Yeah, exactly. And and the the things that he did, he kept persisting, and um, he kept coming up with creative ideas. You know, he was in the he went and got the old people way from in the country back road somewhere to come out and vote for him, and that kind of creativity. Beforehand, a lot of presidents didn't come up with those ideas. And he'd go and get those young students, you know, the college students, the high school students, anybody that was of voting age. He didn't pass up anyone. And writing kind of does that for me, too. It it just kind of gives you that creativity and the way you come up with new ideas to keep, you know, um, keep people interested, and it also helps you deal with a lot of what you're going through, whatever that may or may not be. It does. It takes you out. It takes you out to your zone. It takes you to a place that you never expected to actually be, and I think that's why I like your book as well with Angels in Action, 17 Stories to Inspire Me. It takes you to a, it takes you to a whole other atmosphere, and in your book, it's really it's really taking, like you um, mentioned, it's taking to a deeper examination to the building of relationships. And this is a great book, as you illustrated, that it's good for a woman to learn to live with the knowledge and strength afforded by a relationship with God. Um, and so so let's talk about that, Diane. What, how did you get to this relationship with God? What journey did you have to travel on? Um, I think what got me there was uh, when I came to California, you know, I had my little plans, <laughs> and then the universe has their plans. And um, all of my plans went awry. And even when I was leaving to go to New York, leaving from New York, you know, I was packing. I had already decided, mapped out my trip. I'm going to fly to California, and I'm going to get a job because I didn't have a job. I didn't know anyone in California. I didn't have a job. But I was going to go because I felt like God was leading me down that path because I prayed about it, and he said, it's time for you to go to California. And I couldn't understand time to go to California. Um I had been to California when I was in my 20s. At that time, I was going to, I came to California to visit a friend of mine that was in the military. And I loved California. I said, one day I'm going to move to California. And, um, you know, everybody laughed at me. Yeah, sure, right. You don't even know anyone there. How are you going to move there? And uh, you don't have, and I didn't have a job. So, But I knew I was good. At that time, I was a social worker. And I was a darn good social worker, and I loved what I did as a social worker. So I knew a job would not be an obstacle for me. So I uh, 
work three jobs in New York, save my money, and I'm ready to go to California. But I guess maybe about a week out before I was actually going to leave, I was listening to uh, the Christian broadcast, mm-hmm. and and they, uh, they were giving away this free gift. I said, ooh, I like that. I need to call up and get that gift. And I called, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, to give my donation to get the gift. And the operator, she just started talking to me. You know, when I gave her my address, she said, oh, you're from New York City. I'm about to take a trip over to New York. I said, oh, wow, and I'm about to go over to California. She said, well, what you coming here for? And I, you know, shared with her that I was going to relocate. And um, she said, she said, oh, my God, that's the worst thing you could ever do. This place is terrible. You know, um, if you don't know people in high places, you're not going to be able to get a job. It's very expensive in California. You need 29 roommates. And um, the freeways are so crowded, you know, you can't barely. She just gave me all this negative stuff about California. I said, wow, it must be a slow day for her. She has all this time to talk to me. (laughs) So, And this is in one of my stories in Angels in Action. I do tell the story. And um, so what I did was she shook my confidence. And I said, now, I know her, I heard God tell me to go to California, but she mm-hmm. told me Texas was so much better. So what do I do? You know, Texas, the jobs, were, oh, you can get any job you want. You're a social worker. You can pick and choose your job, blah, blah, blah. The apartments are cheap. The housing is very inexpensive. So I reroute my trip. I changed my ticket from California to Texas. And... um then when I got to Texas, wow, you got to read that story. <laughs> that was a whole nother world. And wow. And as you can see, I didn't stay there. I stayed for four months, and then I came on to California. Okay. I tell you, you never know what path God would just send you on. It's just it's so amazing. So, Diane, when it comes when it comes to actually writing, going back to that part, what fuels you as an author to continue to write? I think uh, I also went to school in uh, California, and I received my master's in communication. And um, I was a journalist, and I still am a journalist. I write feature articles. And I think as being a journalist, you're kind of nosy. And... um, you know, you always it seems like you you're always hunting and observing right. and you, you want to know what's going on. And I feel like I've experienced some beautiful things going on with people and I want to share that with the world. I want to make a difference because so many people get stuck in their stuff. And um and when I see other people might maybe went through your same situation, they can come out. I can write about it, and maybe you'll read about it, and it will give you a different, another solution that you might, give you another option to your problem that you might not have even thought of. I write so that people know that they can change their situation. They can overcome whatever it is. 
And um, when I talk about assessing your assets, I'm talking about that peace that is within you, that everlasting peace. I'm talking about that joy, that abundant joy. And I'm talking about um, that confidence. I'm talking about that self-esteem. These are the assets that I'm talking about that each and every one of us have that, as the man said, that can bring us to, I mean, I heard you had another author. I was listening to him, uh, Miley, I believe his name was. Um, that greatness, recognizing that greatness within. Mm-hmm. And those are the assets I'm talking about that we all have. And those assets will help us to achieve what it is we want on the outside. And that's why I write inspirational stories. Keep the faith. Stay prayed up. Oh, yes. Yes. I say, I, I definitely always say that. you get, But it's that abundant blessing that you get from God. You get, and you can take the steps to uh, appropriate God's abundant blessings. You just have to be willing to want to do it. Wrap your... Wrap up our assets in this nice investment and not talking about money, but when you get that blessing from God, it feels so wonderful and you get full off of it. You don't be hungry anymore or thirsty because he, he knows how to fill you up. And, and it's wonderful. I think that's a good thing that you're, you're transpiring this through your book. Yes. It's, it's wonderful. It is. It's a, Ab- it's a God thing going on here. Absolutely. I know... Um uh, about uh, 20 years ago, my life took another turn. I became uh, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which put me mm-hmm. in a wheelchair. And, you know, they said there's nothing else that they can do for me. Like my arms and legs have very little mobility. And I right. need someone 24 hours, seven days a week to help me to do anything. Everything that you do with your arms and legs, I need someone to help me do. Okay. So one day I was talking to my girlfriend. And uh, she said, oh, my God, you know, and I said, hold on a minute. I got to get someone to help me get a glass of water, you know, I was asking the person that was helping me to get some water. She said, my God, why do you wake up? Why do you still want to live and you can't even take care of yourself, do the bare basics in life? Oh, Lord, how much? No, she didn't. (laughs) She did, but a lot of people have asked me that over the years. But that's exactly, and I said, you know, true. My physical part of me doesn't doesn't work, but I have. But people seem to um, be attracted to me for some reason. When I go out, it's hard for me to to get loose. They all come around me and they talk to me, and um, they tell me that I have such a spirit, such a peace. Those assets. And um, they want me to pray for them. I am also a prayer warrior, and I also teach uh, prayer to uh, have a prayer study, which I have this morning. Every Tuesday morning I have a prayer study group. And um, they say, oh, my, and and I feel what they're talking about. I feel that abundant joy. That joy makes me get up in the morning. I wake up 4 o'clock. I'm ready to go. And um, (laughs) Exactly, but but nobody's going to get me up at 4 o'clock. So I said, well, i got to find something else to do. You know, I'm like, okay, divine spirit, you woke me up. Now what do you want me to do? So I take that time, 
and I go on the prayer line, I have a um, a our prayer line. It's called our prayer line through Guidepost Prayer Ministry. I go on there and I'll um, pray for people for an hour. I'll pray. Uh, then good. I'll. Med- I'm sorry. You say that's that's really good. Yeah, I pray for people all over the world. People call from all over the world. And the interesting part is the people in Japan have the same problems as the people in California. And uh, we're really not that different. But the difference is how do we handle ourselves when we get that adversity? How do you handle it when you get that adversity? Do you use your assets that you have inside, or do you fly off the handle and become ill? What do you do? Mm. And that's why I write, because it's so important to me that um, living in a wheelchair is very challenging. I mean, it is extremely difficult. And if I can help someone else not get there by bypassing the mistakes that I made, because, like, I know I was a warrior. Worrying will kill you. Worrying will make you sick. It will take you down. It'll take you down. And see, that's why God put you here. When she asked you that question, why do you want to live, I would have looked at her and asked her the same question. Why do you choose to live? Exactly. When she would have gave me the answer, I would have said just like that. Exactly. That's why I choose to live. Because I'm not giving up. Why should I give up? People let their... They let what happens to them sometimes define them, and you didn't let that happen to you. Okay, I am in this wheelchair, but I'm not going to let this bound me or hold me down. Yeah, there are certain things that you might can't do like others, but you have a strong will and mind power to keep living on. And see, that's one thing. God turns your giving into a thrilling adventure when you're in that Christian living, and he, that's what he's doing. He's using you and anyone else out here that he can use to pass on the word. He wants everybody to know about him. That's why. He's not giving up on you. He wasn't ready for you. He said, I'm not ready for you. Yeah, you might be down and out, but I still need you, young lady. I need you to continue on this path and this mission. And and, and we got to stop doing it to each other because you see somebody down and out don't mean that they should just give up life. Why, why should she? I could have been out with you that day. I would have said, why you choose? Why you want to live? <laughs> I mean, because are, are you doing anything prosperous because you on two legs? I mean, Absolutely. boy, I say people do. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you, I am glad that you're here with us, Diane, and you spreading this good word around, letting other people know that this don't have to bound you down. And as you said, ways to prevent from eating, from even getting into this condition, you know, being in that circumstance. So, Absolutely. So, Diane, what is really a typical day like for you when you're writing? Oh, I write all day. I um, <laughs> I get up in the morning. First thing I say, help me go to my computer. They all know anyway. She wants to go to her computer with a cup of tea or coffee, and I write okay. pretty much all day. I um. I went to uh, school, as I said, getting my master's degree in journalism and communications. Mm-hmm. And, ooh, that was hard. Ooh, I thought it was hard when I was young. But it was even harder when I became 43 in the wheelchair. And um, I wanted to quit. 
because it's just so you can't even get a book out of the library. You, but but, and I would complain to my teachers. You know how they give you those deadlines. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, I can't never make a deadline. I'm gonna be late because of blah blah blah. And the teacher said, "Did you come here so we could feel sorry for you, or did you come here to get a degree? What you want to yeah. do?" Because she said, "If you want to whine and complain." You in the wrong place, but if you want to get this degree, we are here to help you. Whatever it is you need, you know, um, you need someone to take your notes. We'll get someone to take your notes. Whatever it is, and they did. And the students, they said, whatever you need, we are here to help you. Just ask. And one night, I was like, oh my goodness, and I had to. Uh, I used this. Uh, a van that takes me where I need to go for our people in wheelchairs. And sometimes that van van comes to get you late, you know. It's not your private vehicle, so they come when they come. So I was waiting one night after class, and uh, one of the students saw me waiting and waiting and waiting. So he said, "Um, would you like me to give you a lift? And I'm a person who's independent and full of pride. No, I don't need no lift. I'm waiting on my ride. Thank you very much. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. Finally, he comes back around again. He says, oh, I see you're still waiting on your ride. Where do you live? And I told him where I live. He says, oh, my God, I go right past your house. I live one block away from you. So he said, if you want, I could give you a ride. And matter of fact, I could pick you up every day and take you to class. Again, how God put this guy there. That's what, And to me, I call him my angel. That's why I call that book Angels in Action. God always put an angel there. And the guy started taking me to school with a smile on his face. And then, you know, we, I got to share with him about the divine. I got, because he, he asked me, too. He says, God, is, it seems, he said, it's hard for me. And I'm not even in a wheelchair. How do you do it? So I get to share with him. And I remember one day he said to me, sometimes I don't feel like doing my homework. I want to just tell the teacher a lie, you know, when the when the reports are due with a certain day. And then I think about you. And that, I said, if she could come in and, and this wheelchair and get her assignments in on time, I can't do it. I just got to get myself together. And he said he would do his assignments. And um, so I know to some people that might seem like a little thing, but to me that's a big thing. He, he kind of, he even scrubbed my ego when he said, yeah, I motivated him. Because when you thinking you can't do anything, how can you motivate somebody? But the guy oh. said I motivated him. And I was like, wow, just the fact that he seen me. Like you say, getting up, you yeah, you have that struggle, but you find a way to to get through, and that's what keeps me going. Out here, there are no excuses. If if somebody in a wheelchair could definitely do, you have no excuse. You just get your star self up and do what you got to do. And and I lo- I do I love you, Diane, because you say most of the same thing I say on on my show. You know, you, it's just so it is. It's amazing. It's like it's like. She reading off for me. I'm like, wow. But you know, it made it made me think of one thing. You know, you you are lost. You lost that part where you're not able to walk, and it affects with your health and everything. But you know, 
they always told me God has this one alpha, and it's called total recovery. And because he, he has not actually called us to a life of loss, but to a, a life of increase. And, you know, the Bible tells us the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children, which is Psalm 115, um, for, um, line 14. One fifth, mm-hmm. verse 115. Yeah, I'll be trying to make sure I say it right. But, I mean, that's how I feel about you. He's only increasing it more and more. That's why you're going around. You're able to spread this word and pray for other people. You are you are motivating other people. Right now, I hope somebody is getting motivated. Get up off your lazy behind and do something today. Don't sit there. <laughs> what was that verse again, Psalm what? Um, it's from Psalm 115, 14. I'm going to, okay. Yeah, and it is, you know, um, and I've had a lot of students uh, tell me that when I was there. And, you know, speaking of students again, which is another story in Angels in Action that I Mm -hmm. tell, um, one night I had to go to class. I was, and uh, it was, I had a 10 o'clock class. It finished at 10 o'clock. And, this is another semester. And usually the students would wait for me till my van came. And this one, and it's usually a lady, I know, a female student. This one night it was a male student because they would take turns. And I had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't ask this man to help me into the bathroom. This your little young 20-year-old kid. Oh, my God. And, um, again, that pride kicked in. Yeah, you know, you can hold it till you get there. And I started thinking. I'm waiting on, you know, my ride, and who knows the heck when it's going to get there. Maybe you can't take that chance. But I didn't want to ask this guy. And he was talking, telling me about his term project, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you seem a little, you okay? You know, he kept asking me, was I okay? Because you know what my mind was focused on, getting to that restroom. And um, he said, if there's anything you need now, make sure you let me know. I'm here, you know, to do whatever you need because, you know, uh, you're coming to school, and we already said we will help you do whatever it takes for you to get through the school. And I was like, how can I relate going to the bathroom to help me get to school? All these ideas was going around, and then, you know, nature is coming more and more powerful. (laughs) You're trying to hold it, and nature trying to get it out. Anyway, to make a long story short, I said I had to finally tell the guy what was really going on. And he went in the bathroom with me, and he helped me, and I was feeling terrible. But he did it with such such a um, smile on his face and so comfortable, like he'd been doing this all the time, no big deal. And then, you know, when we finished and came out of the bathroom, he said, I told you anything you need, just let me know. And I don't know if he know it, but that was like a miracle to me. And I was so grateful and thankful to him. I didn't feel embarrassed anymore. I lost all the pride. And um, Lord knows I felt good once, you know, nature took took his course. And uh, that was so powerful. I said, I don't know if that young guy knew just how much I really appreciated it. Because he was like, no big deal. But to me, that was a big deal. Right. 
And he, yeah. he and I hope one day this show reach around out to him and he happens to find it where he'll know that Diane really appreciated him for everything that he has done. God, like you said, God sent so many people in your path. That's all. He be sending angels. It could be a child. It could be a baby. You never know who he is sent. And the Absolutely. Exactly. And you could be turned down a stranger. Don't even know you turned down one of God's angels. So that's why sometimes I don't be keen to always reject someone because they walk up to me and, and might not look the way I want them to look because you never know what message she might send to your door. So that's just something for people to know out here. Don't always judge a book by their cover because they might not be wearing what you want them to wear or look the way you want them to look because it could be your message and you could be just turning it down in two seconds. He only knocks up. He's only going to keep knocking for so long, but not he's not going to knock all day and night now for you. So, Diane, what do you do other than write, and how do you find time, um, and how do you find time to really do it? Oh, I, um, being that I'm a writer, I go to a lot of uh, writing conferences, which yeah. I enjoy. This way I get to meet other authors and publishers and people in the industry. And um, I go to church, of course. And um, I go to concerts that they have, at, you know, in the community. Because I like, I get a, a, a joy out of rolling down the street by myself independently. I mean, I feel like I'm on cloud 99. So, <laughs> uh, because because uh, for 12 years, someone had to push me. I had a manual wheelchair, and I was being pushed around. And because I, they kept telling me to get an electric one, but I'm like, no, because the more I find that these supplies, this equipment that they give you, to help you, you know, like the crutches, the walker, the lazier you get. Oh, I don't have to be doing all these exercises. I can get on that walker and push it real slow and get the way I want to go. And your body gets worse, you know. But, you know, the body was made to move, and the less you're moving it, the worse it gets. Oh, boy, I didn't know so many things go wrong with a body that doesn't move. So I'm like, nah, I don't want that wheelchair. God going to deliver me. You know, and uh, from this illness, and I'm going to be mobile and be on my own. But as time went on, that didn't happen. So I said, well, God, I guess you want me to check out this wheelchair, because, you know, a sister got to learn to be independent again. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so so I got the wheelchair. And then the, um, I was able to go into the community, it's real funny, the first day when I had stepped out, which is another story in Angels in Action, the uh, Independence on Wheels, <laughs> like I said, I hadn't been outside by myself in 12 years. So I go down my little ramp real slow because I'm scared as scared can be. But then I quote the scripture that God is always with me. So I said, well, God, you here, so I know everything's going to be okay. And I had practice with the therapist going up and down the ramp. And nothing happened, so I decided. So I decided to go down this ramp, and then I said, "Well, I'm just going to go to the house next door, which is about ten feet." I got to the house next door so fast. I said, "Ooh, I made that pretty quick." Then I decided to go down halfway the block. I said, "Oh, I'm here already. Oh, I could take this whole block." So I went on down the whole block. Oh, I'm feeling real good now. I am singing songs, saying hello to everybody that's in my view. I am feeling great. 
and I just keep rolling. And I go around the corner and around another corner until I hit into an unfriendly tree. Bam! And I'm stuck. Got to read the rest of that story to find out what happens in angels in action. But, you know, and I tell those stories to let, again, God is, gets us wherever we are. And that's one thing I do like about your show. I um, listen to you with, with a, several of your other guests. It's always very motivating and very encouraging because as many of your guests have shared, life is hard, can really get hard. But you can you can enjoy life if you're living. You got to be willing to live and you have to work to live. You know, like one of my friends said, what are you struggling to write a book for? If you never wrote a book, it's okay because you're in a wheelchair. People understand, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that. And, and again, you got to not hear those toxic messages. Sometimes you just have to shut it off and shut off some of those toxic friends. When you're trying to achieve something, you really can't hear it. As the Bible told us, go in the closet. You know, where there's no one, talk to him. Because for some reason, I don't know if it makes people feel more powerful when they're telling you not to do stuff. I don't know what the reason is. But there's a lot of folks out there that will tell you, you don't need to write that book because it's a struggle for you. Heck, you're mobile. I'm sure you got some struggles going on in your life because I hear them. If it ain't your husband, it's your kids. If it ain't your kids, it's your job. There's something going on in everybody's life. Nobody gets away free. Nobody. Exactly. They're doing worse than you are, and you're in the chair, and they out here complaining. I mean, come on. And, I mean, God, like I said, God has his reasons for every single thing. Everything. Everything. And we sometimes, now, um, I will have to admit, like I did on my other show, sometimes I think we use it for a crush. So sometimes Diane will say it's God's will. Sometimes God is not, it's not always God's will. Sometimes we can be blamed for a lot of things, too. We can't sit, we, sometimes we take advantage of that. Oh, it's God's will. Oh, it's yeah. God's reason why I don't have this job. Well, maybe it's the reason because you haven't looked for that job. <laughs> maybe you're not, doing, you're not doing your part, so we we put that will be quick to say it's God's will. So, <laughs> and yeah, we do. And I have learned when you um, that a lot of this stuff we call the the devil made me do it, or the right. devil didn't want me to have that job, or it's God's will I didn't have that job. A lot of times, like you say, it's it's an excuse and we use it for a crutch. But I have found that it's our challenge now. Mm -hmm. We need to go back to the drawing board and learn. Or we need to go back to God and say, God, is this your purpose? Because ultimately, ultimately, I believe we're here to serve God. Is this what you want me to do? I could be in the wrong arena. You know, and um, so it's not, oh, God, not God's will. No, I got to go back and find out what his will is. Because if you exactly. think it's not God's will, why was you doing it in the beginning? Sometimes right. we have to 
we have to sharpen those skills. Like me as a writer, I'm constantly sharpening those skills. Constantly have to go back and um, get out my grammar books because I know grammar is a challenge for me. Constantly, and I go to an editor, and um, I go to workshops because I want to continue to improve. Like uh, Angels in Action is my first book with short stories, but now my next book, The Invisible Child, is a mm-hmm. nonfiction book, you know. And and to write stories is different from writing nonfiction. So if you have to constantly work on that craft and constantly listen to other writers and to keep myself inspired. And I'm so sorry my favorite writer has left me, Maya Angelou. Was my I know. Favorite. Yes. Oh, God, it broke my heart. I mean, I know she had to go. We all got to go. Yeah. But I want to... I wanted her to hang on at least until I met her. <laughs> right. She said she was a great inspiration. I was just telling someone on my job about that not too long ago. I said it's amazing. You know, I have no problem with us talking about Malcolm X or, or Martin Luther King, but I think that maybe, I don't know if schools are really doing that as much, but I think that she should be one of the icons that we should focus on in school. Like she was. She oh, was absolutely. A great she was. She was a great inspiration for all of us. So, I mean, every woman and little girl could just be just like her. That's a woman. Now, that if if I wanted my child to idolize anyone, that would be someone I would want you to idolize because she, she was a great poet, civil rights activist. She saw it all, did it all, and her words were so strong with and they stuck with you. Absolutely. And look at the adversity that woman overcame. It wasn't easy for Maya Angelou either, you know, reading her her childhood, how she was raped, and then she went mute, couldn't talk because of the shock of the thing. The person died, and she took that personally and held that in her spirit for so long. And, I mean, and then with her, the problems with her parents, she had a story. That woman became all of that and didn't come to the White House. Is that a miracle or what? She overcame all that adversity. Being a single parent, you know, she had several marriages, but she went out, and it was funny. What was it, Billie Holiday, I believe, said to her? I believe it was Billie Holiday. Don't quote me on it. But one of those singers back in the day, my Angela was trying to sing. You know, she was going around trying to sing. She said, you're going to be famous, but it won't be for your singing. (laughs) (laughs) You know. And she wasn't famous for her singing. She's famous for her writing. I'm like, how does she get those ideas that just come up out of her? But she talked a lot because, like I said, she's my favorite writer. So I pretty much have read and every book she wrote, seen every video and interview that she's ever done. And each one I see how Maya Angelou assessed that inner power. She goes in and she gets those assets. That woman have a, a joyous spirit every time you see her. Right, and, see and, that? Throughout, and throughout that um, book that we mostly love, that we all know, I know why the cage bird saying she portrayed her experiences with adversity as well as experiences of many others. Um, 
she talked about how she coped with them, how she rises above them. I mean, mm-hmm. amazing woman. And, you know, it brings me to the fact that, like you, a lot of people probably wonder why you choose to be, why you want to be happy. Well, I feel like this, why Shannon won't want to be miserable? If I, mm-hmm. I decided to even be happier, that would help. Who wants to soak all day? Oh, I'm I'm bound in here. Yeah, I'm in the wheelchair. No, da, da, da. Okay. <laughs> oh, are we going to mope all day? We stinky about it? Oh, you want, I mean, come on, you got to live. It's so much out there. Who says that you have to just be bound? That's why I say I Absolutely. love on here on this show. If this doesn't give you inspiration, I don't know what will do it for you because this gives you so much inspiration. This woman is moving about. She's not letting it confine her or nothing else. I love that about you. You are like a Maya Angelo. You are. Oh, thank you. Oh, I take that compliment highly. <laughs> thank you because I love I mean, that woman. Right. She was. She was bold. And she mm-hmm. wasn't afraid. She wasn't afraid to really say what she had to say on her mind. Absolutely and you, not. And if you felt like what was one of her quotes, um, I can't quote it all the way, but it was about if you really, if you can't change it or if you don't want to change it, then don't just sit there and complain about it. Absolutely. I remember she did this interview with um, one of the comedians. He had a meltdown, a, a mental meltdown. I can't think of that guy's name offhand. But anyway, he had a mental meltdown, and he went off the air. He was on television. He had his own TV show and everything. And they they started dictating to him how they wanted him to do the show, and that's not who he was. So the way he dealt with it was he had a mental meltdown, and he went away. He went in isolation for a while. But anyway, he was interviewing with Maya. Maya said, well, you know that you let those people put you up, you know, and tell you how wonderful and fabulous you are, and you brought into all of that. So if you allow someone to put you up because you don't know who you are, then when they put you down, you don't have nothing to complain about. You need to know who you are. Know thyself. God made you, not those people. God gave you that talent, not those people. All those people did was recognize it. You needed to know where your talent was, where your talent came from, and who you are. And nobody can shake your foundation. Nobody can shake the rock God built. I said, wow. And people listen to Maya Angelou because she is beautiful. Oh, I miss her already. (laughs) But I thank God that she left so much behind for us. Me too. Yeah. She left a lot of stuff behind for us. Uh, I said, boy, if I could leave a legacy like that, then my life was worth living. And I like what Maya said about age. As she got older into new decades, she said, oh, my goodness, I'm in my 60s. What is it going to bring me? I thought the 50s was good, you know. I can't wait to see. And she did that like every single. She just, that abundant joy again, that she just, Exploded everywhere, and and I try to strive for that every day. And then as, uh, also, too, as you were, had asked about what else do I do, yeah. um, like with my writing, I'm a very slow typist. I can type, 
But, you know, because of my fingers, I might type two T's when it really should be one. And I can't do, you know, and a lot of the the research that goes into the work that I do, because I also write articles for uh, publications, you know, my spiritual publications like Guideposts, Angels on Earth, things of that nature. And you have to do some research sometimes. And especially when I use um, quotes and by other writers or whatever. And the Lord has blessed me with uh, students. I have interns that I mentor. They, too, want to be writers. So they'll come to me. Exactly. What a blessing. And they help me to do my marketing. I study marketing also at the university. And these students come, and they help me do a lot of that legwork. And... They and the the most beautiful students you ever want to meet in your life. You know, God don't have to send these people to me again. He sent me angels to get the job done. Right. You know, one of my students illustrated the cover of my book. I was like, wow. You know, I had a couple of students and we had a little team here going, and we all put it together, and. God just keeps sending them angels. And I just appreciate it more and more every day. And also uh, my students, some of them I had, they would take me places, you know, like to the museum, to the beach. And, you know, a girl got to go to the mall, got to go to the mall. They would take me to the mall. So I get to experience a lot of things in life. And then I have two wonderful daughters most of the time. And uh, you know your parent. <laughs> you have two little girls. You love yeah. them, but then again, they, they're their own individual selves too. And they take me out. Like um, they took me to my aunt's 75th birthday party down south in uh, Virginia. I was so happy. First of all, that she lived to 75. What a blessing. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then they took me. It's not easy taking me around because you really have to look out for me. And they took me, and we had such a good time at my uncle's 50th wedding anniversary. There's not too many folk I even know in life that live that are married for 50 years. Myself personally couldn't barely make 50 days. But I wanted to see that. To me, that was like a miracle. 50 years with the same woman? And um, we traveled. Again, we went to North Carolina. And my two daughters, you know, they, they took me. No, that was one. my one daughter and the aunt of mine went with me. What a blessing. Angels, God just keep putting the angels in my life so that I can have a life, you know, and I can do some things. And um, And it's very rarely that I feel... Like on the prayer line yesterday, a lady called. She wanted me to pray for her loneliness. She said, I feel so alone, and she didn't, you know, the prayer line wants you to talk five minutes. She wanted to talk all day. I said, ma'am, I really do have to go. And blah, 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 I told her the guidelines of the prayer line. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and so I gave her a counseling number to call. Well, they can talk to you a lot longer. And... um but that loneliness that she feels, 
I rarely ever feel that, almost never, because, like I say, always got something to do. Most of my articles I write while I'm laying down. I just get up and type them. You know, my mind will tell me the whole program that I have to do, and then I just have to get up and do the physical part. So I don't understand when people say they're bored. Do you know what that means? I I have no clue what bored. I I know. There's so much life amongst us out here to be bored. Obviously, you're not using your time wisely or putting your mind to any effort to want to do anything creative. (laughs) That I, I don't understand, but... You know, I was thinking of all the moments where you said that your students, they come to you, they could find in you and everything. You know, I, I just feel like at that moment and point in time, see, that's why I said you're here for a purpose, Diane, you and so many others down here, because you're not a mistake. You're a precious gift. It's treasure possession. And we, we could fill our minds with so much we could believe what others say or we could believe what God say. And sometimes what listen to other people say it might it might be sad and I think it's a choice we must each make and I think in um in Isaiah just chapter four verse ten, Moses tells God that he can't do what God told him to do because he was slow with speech and tongue. But in verse eleven the Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. And and that's how I feel. He made all of us just the same way. We just got to find this special purpose that we was created for. There, I mean, we got a special work that he has given to us. We just got to take our time and find it. Absolutely. We all have it. You know, like I say, you can, I don't understand boredom. There's always something you can do. Like you said, find your purpose and do it, you know. I mean, even if you help a child learn to read, you know, like parents now, like you, you you have a husband, you have two children, you have a job, you have a career, you know, you have a lot of things that you're going on in your life. I'm sure you could use some help sometime, you know. And um, people... To me, there's no reason for boredom. Boredom is you, like what you say: get off your lazy butt. <laughs> yeah, get off. You your need butt. to rise up. Rise up. There are no excuses. People make too many rise excuses. You, you find more time to make excuses than to actually do something. So you got all the time to sit down and complain. You could be taking that amount of time and go and find something to do. Right? Read, clean up your house, or something. No, absolutely. Ain't no thanks yeah, for being bored. Absolutely. Rise up, and I just really love your 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 um, energy on your show. You're just so positive. You can hear that motivation coming across, and I do believe the people that listen to you pick it up because as I listen to your guests, they are so fired up, you know, and you're so fired up. It's just beautiful because um, you can see you already know people can rise up. Right, because we all go go through something, regardless if you tell somebody about issues or not. But God Mm -hmm. knows what you go through. You just have to keep fighting and just keep reaching. Oh, I've been through that point in my life where I just wanted to give up, but I had somebody to talk to me. You Mm -hmm. cannot do this. You got Mm -hmm. to live on. 
I mean, I went through it all. My husband got down sick. I had to take care of the girls, still try to go off to school and work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't do this by myself. I would actually have to pull my hair. I was like, this is getting rough. This is difficult. Who does this? And mm-hmm. a lot of people, well, you know, they were doing me how they were doing you. Oh, I would just gave up. I would have left my husband and everything. <laughs> that is not the answer everything. If we always choose to walk away from something, then how will we ever know what we can make? How will we ever know if we can make through it if we just keep walking away from it every time we come through a challenge? That's not the answer for everything. You have to stand front and stand up for what you believe in. What God said, wear your breastplate of armor, because that's what it is. It's a battle every day. So you got to stay prayed up, like you said, Diane. They prayed up. And then I also see, as my girl Maya Angelou taught me, um, problems is is life and is nothing but an opportunity to grow, you know, for us to grow. We don't want to stay the same. We want to mature and grow each and every day that we're here so that we can do more than what we did yesterday. Exactly. You know, the day... Yesterday I learned to write a sentence. Today I'm going to learn to write a paragraph. I'm going to do more than I did yesterday. You keep growing. And as my girl Maya said, and that's what life is. Stop talking about you got a problem. Everybody got one. That's life. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, so the I, I know you was talking about one of your upcoming books. Are there any more projects that we, we that we look forward to seeing? Well, I also do a blog. My blog oh, is mine, a blog. I'm on uh, Mind of a Goddess at WordPress.com. And uh, my book that's coming up is called The Invisible Child. And The Invisible Child, I talk about my um, the first 10 years that I was in the wheelchair and how that effect, that effect was on my two young daughters, being in the wheelchair and then the dad left the family. So... It was uh, quite interesting. I swear, I don't know how we made it, but we did, thank God. Um, and, and and my greatest goal was to have my daughters to be flourishing young ladies, productive citizens of society. And um, so that's what that book is about. And I'm also doing a book on caregivers, okay. uh, talking about the value of a caregiver, because a lot of caregivers do not understand their value. They just think, oh, you know, not a big deal. Anybody can do it. Everybody can do it. They don't understand that they're giving that client life. They're giving me the ability to do the things that I do, you know, to go out. <laughs> Nothing like having a bath smelling good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's a blessing. And so right. It's a, it's a lot to be a yeah. caregiver. And sometimes they do go unnoticed. And, and there are exactly. good ones out here, then there are bad ones out here. But for the good ones, I commend you who are holding on, caring for that person. Don't give up because God have not forsaken you. Don't think that you are going unnoticed that, oh, I'm doing this and, and I'm doing that and it's, nobody's recognizing me for my good deeds. Oh, it's always somebody recognizing you for your good deeds, even if you're doing in life. Whatever job you work, if you think that, Oh, my boss not recognizing me. Honey, trust and believe me. Don't worry about your boss not recognizing you. God recognizes you. That's why I always used to tell yeah. my other coworkers on my other job when I worked at the airport for seven years. And my boss will always ignore me. Oh, 
technician, you don't get employed. I said, I'm not worried about it. As long as my guests are happy, that's enough for me. As long as they're smiling, that, that's fine. I don't need recognition with a paper. If that's what if that's what dictates me, then oh well, I guess I might as well be clueless then. If I'm if I'm going to wait on that piece of paper because obviously it's never going to come, so I'm gonna keep it moving. And that's the attitude I took. Absolutely, because and ultimately we are serving God. You know, the right, people don't get the benefit, but we're serving God. We're God's faithful and humble servants. You know, so you I'm writing that book. Well, Diane, I'm I'm looking forward to those books, so I'm gonna stay in touch with you, so I can let other people know about your upcoming releases on those. Diane, can you also give us the website that we, besides your blog, that we can find you at, or any other information on your book? My blog is my website, which is again okay. Mind of a Goddess at yeah. WordPress dot com. Then, of course, my email writerworks at Gmail, and I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Under uh, Diane Williams, you can find me. Yeah, thank you, Diane. Oh, before we actually go, Diane, is there anything else randomly um, that we don't know about you? That you don't know about me? Uh, I'm a prayer coach. I also coach one-on-one as um, to teach you how to use the Bible to achieve the goals that you want. Because anything you want in that Bible, God pretty much promised you. You want success? Right. God promise you, but you know, there's a way to get that done. You need more energy, we can get that done. So I'm also a prayer coach, too. And I love people. From I do, too. <laughs> yes. Love. Yeah. And I'm I so glad it. you're doing this show. Me, too. I'm, I'm, I am, too. You know, I like to always get out of, because I know some people come on here, like, they be authors, they be salesperson, but I, I like to go beyond that conversation, you know, especially overcoming your adversity. I was like, wait a minute, we can't just sit and talk about her book. Let's talk about this inspiring adversity. Let's let's get into that. So I am glad that you enlightened us on this show today, Diane. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you, and God bless you and your family and your show and all those other wonderful things you're doing. And I am following you on your Facebook well, thank you, Diane. Um, you are, so, Diane, are we on Facebook together? I can find you, yes. Susanna. Okay. Yes, uh-huh. Okay. Okay, I got to go do my prayer study now. I know that's right, Diane. Well, you have a blessed day. Thank you so much. You too now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Everyone, I appreciate you for all your love and and time that you have spent with me today. Please stay tuned for next week around on the 10th. I will be coming back on, but you have a blessed one. I'm off to Tampa, Florida, to Bush Gardens, and I'll be staying in touch with you. But thank you for tuning in to another Bright Side with Technicia. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver 
I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.